Every once in a while, you see something, you see a story somewhere, and you think, that's a great story. I thought this was a great story. My next guest, only if you live in BC and Yukon, <laughs> don't send them in from everywhere. My next guest wants you to send him your dead mosquitoes. Put them in an envelope and send them his way. It's part of a citizen science project called Ow, What Bit Me? And it is the work of Dr. Dan Peach. He's an entomologist at the University of British Columbia. And he's trying to figure out which species of mosquitoes remain in BC and the Yukon and which ones are making their way here as a result of climate change. Um, it's a fascinating project. I wanted to know more about it. So joining us now is Dan Peach. Thank you for your time tonight. Hey, thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell me about your work. What is it that you, what is it that you do when it comes to mosquitoes, uh, an insect that most of us try to avoid? Sure. Um, so what, what uh, the project I'm, I'm, I'm launching this summer is, is uh, it's called Ow, What Just Bit Me. And we're hoping that people in uh, British Columbia and the Yukon will be interested in sending us their squished mosquitoes. So if a uh, mosquito bites you and you squish it and you're interested in um, um, participating in our project, we're just asking that you fold it up in a piece of paper um, write where uh, you, you encountered it and um, when. Um, as for where, just, you know, an address or a cross street or latitude and longitude from Google Maps. And then um, throw it in the mail to us, uh, to the Ben Matthews Lab at UBC Zoology, address 4200-6270, University Boulevard, Vancouver, BC, postal code V6T1Z4. And then when we receive these, um, what we're going to do is grind them up and extract some genetic material from them, which will then be compared to a, a database of, of genetic material from known species. Um, and then we can identify what species it is. And then we'll use this data point of this species was in this place on this date to create uh, distribution maps of what species are where in, in uh, British Columbia and the Yukon. Um, and then also to use uh, various habitat models and different climate change scenarios to project into the coming decades to see sort of how these distributions might might uh, shift as our climate changes. Oh, what just bit me is a, is a great name for a project. I will share that address with uh, with listeners at the end of the interview as well, just so you don't, if you, in case you missed it, I'll make sure you get that again. So what ultimately are you trying, you mentioned it briefly, but uh, mosquitoes, I guess, you know, they don't, their populations don't stay stable, stable. they move around. What uh, What would you be looking for? What is your hypothesis here? Absolutely. So um, in British Columbia, we have more than 50 uh, species uh, that are known to be here. And in the Yukon, it's, it's just more than 30. Um, but uh, there, there are species that exist, for instance, in Alaska and Washington State that we haven't confirmed in, in BC and the Yukon. And presumably they, they exist in between uh, those two states. So uh, one hypothesis is that we think there might be species that we aren't aware of. Um, in, in, in BC and the Yukon. And the other is that uh, some of the species that we do know are here, and in particular, um, you know, some vector species, we think that they might, their distributions might change uh, in the future, and that they also might exist in places um, currently uh, where, where they're not known to. And so um, we're just, we're trying to sort of fill in those gaps based on our current knowledge, and then see where things might go in the future. Sort of a, a forewarned is forearmed, Thing, especially when it comes to some of the, the vector species, um, because, you know, to, to, to spread a pathogen, uh, you'll need the vector mosquito there as well. So things like, for instance, West Nile um, can only spread if the right mosquito species are present. And so we want to know where those, those species are and where they will end up, you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the road. And I guess that has a lot to do with just 
a temperature is changing, right? Mosquitoes, uh, I gather, don't like it to be too chilly. Uh, so they, do they I, I could be wrong on that, actually. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, so, 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 I mean, are you, are you seeing, already seeing shifts of, of where they are? And, and is that what you expect to find out uh, once uh, the good folks of BC and Yukon start sending you their, uh, their, their skeeters in the mail? Sure. Um, so yeah, we do expect to see some, some, some shifts and some, some new um, distributions pop up currently. For instance, just a couple of years ago, uh, there was a, a, a mosquito we, uh, we found in uh, around Prince George that wasn't known to go that far north. Um, there's a, uh, uh, there have been oh, a few species now that have turned up in, in the Yukon that weren't no, known to go that far north. Um, and there have been uh, a few species that have turned up in different parts of British Columbia when they weren't known to previously exist there. So, for example, there are um, some species that uh, oh, probably uh, 10 or 15 years ago now have been found on, on the island that weren't known to be there. Or just a couple of years ago that were found on Haida Gwaii that weren't previously known to be there. And those are, are probably native species that were there all along. But that's sort of one element of the, the, the knowledge gaps that we're trying to fill in is where are native species um, that have been places that are overlooked and then where are things spreading to you did mention this uh, earlier, but uh, but mosquitoes, of course, you're not doing this for benign reasons. Mosquitoes can pose a threat. Absolutely, yep, yep. Um, we're very lucky in in Canada, and that uh, you know it's it's fairly cold here compared to to many other parts of the world. But um, mosquitoes are are considered um, the world's deadliest animal, primarily from the pathogens that they spread, which tends to happen, you know, primarily in, in, in tropical um, areas. Um, but uh, it, they they certainly can be very bad news. So, for instance, when you look at uh, all of human history, it's thought that uh, mosquitoes might have killed approximately half of all people that have ever existed. Um, malaria is, is the, the big one there, but there are many other pathogens involved. Now, luckily here in, in, in BC and the Yukon, like I said, it's it's fairly cold. We have summers and it can get quite warm, but um, it's it's for, for fairly short periods of time compared to other uh, parts of the world where it's warm for several months on end. Um, so we don't tend to have uh, as, as many or as bad of pathogens as in other places. But um, you know that that may change as as uh, you know climate shifts in the future, and um, new pathogens might show up that don't don't exist here. Like for instance, West Nile wasn't uh, wasn't around um, a few decades ago, and it's sort of a fairly new arrival. And so we might have other things that show up. Um, and if that's the case, it would be good to know you know where some of the mosquitoes that, that vector these that could vector any new pathogens, uh, where where some of these mosquitoes might exist, um, just to sort of help prepare us. I mean, I guess we are seeing, are you seeing that sort of shift northward elsewhere? I'm thinking specifically of the U.S., but also in parts of Europe. Are we seeing a shift northward of some of these things that we always associated with more as sort of tropical things? Um, yeah, and even even things that are, are sort of subtropical are, are kind of moving moving north in some areas as well. It's sort of, um, uh, you know, information can be kind of hit or miss, uh, but but um, there are records certainly turning up far much farther north than they were, uh, some of these species were previously thought to, to be able to go. Um, for instance, there are some, some species that have turned up lately in southern Ontario. Uh, Aedes albopictus is, is one of them, the, the Asian tiger mosquito that wasn't really thought to be able to go that far north, but uh, just in the last few years, it's been confirmed to have uh, entered and, and established in southern Ontario. And so it's sort of, uh, we get these yellow warning lights flashing to sort of keep our eyes open for this kind of thing. What sparked your interest in mosquitoes, uh, Dan? How did you come? Because most of us, as it's often said, most of us uh, don't have very pleasant memories of time we, times we spent in mosquito-laden areas. I did as a kid, obviously, growing up in Quebec. Um, but what what sparked your interest in 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 the mosquito? Absolutely. So uh, I was given the option of, of studying them uh, when I started grad school, and I I, I quite quickly um, 
became interested in what I call the, the secret life of mosquitoes. And that's everything that mosquitoes do that, that doesn't directly involve us. So um, there are more than 3,500 mosquito species around the world. And in all of those species, um, well, first I should say not all of them will take blood. And in the ones that do, it's only ever the females that do. And they're just doing that to uh, get nutrition to develop their eggs. And so the, the fundamental food of adult mosquitoes is, is floral nectar. And so um, in, in you know, researching uh, mosquito interactions with flowers and how they, they, they play a role as pollinators and the other things that they do in the environment, um, I, I quickly became quite fascinated with. Um, but then it all sort of came full circle because uh, learning about the ecology of these animals, you, you can improve uh, uh, mosquito control methods or create new ones as you learn more and more about their ecology. So um, everything from you know, yeah their 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 association with flowers to we've we've uh, learned that you know UV uh, the UV spectrum might be more important to mosquito vision than we we previously uh, believed. Um, learning uh, about new things that can be used as mosquito baits or even just uh, uh, things to keep in mind when you're controlling mosquitoes, like for instance maybe trying to to balance uh, mosquito control or time it in such a way to minimize any impact on, on pollination or to target only the species which are causing um, an issue and to leave the, the species that don't don't bite. Um, that sort of thing, or, or, or sort of bringing it all full, full circle to tie the uh, ecology and the secret life back in with, with how they impact uh, humans. I never thought of a secret life of mosquitoes. I guess you're right. Any animal that t- that bites us, we think of it as being a bit of a monoculture, right? a bit monolith, a bit a bit myopic. It only does the one thing because it impacts us. Uh, but a very interesting. So you spent a lot of time out, out gather. I mean, I guess you spent a lot of time among mosquitoes. How how do you uh, how do you prevent yourself from getting bit, Dan? May I ask? <laughs> Uh, absolutely. Well, I, I take the opposite approach. When I'm out among mosquitoes, I'm trying to get them to uh, to come and bite me usually because it, it makes it easier to catch them. That's uh, one of the benefits of working with, with mosquitoes as a research organism is for most people, they have to go out and really track down the uh, the animal that they're working with. But mine come to me, which in some ways makes my life easier. But it also means that I get into a lot of, uh, uh, you know, just really... Um, a really intense muskeg without wearing a mosquito repellent. And I just have to kind of uh, uh, live, live with it and, uh, uh, you know, uh, take, take the bites as they come, but uh, be able to catch mosquitoes and see what's there and uh, uh, do, do my research. So it's a, uh, <laughs> it's sort of an interesting, uh, interesting uh, approach that I'm, I'm sure many other people want nothing to do with. No doubt. Although this time around, if people do get bit, once again, to, to go back to the beginning, you are asking uh, people in BC and Yukon specifically, if you're in other parts of the country, maybe not. Uh, I think there was some, perhaps some exceptions there you mentioned earlier, but, uh, but if you're in Yukon and BC and you get bitten by a mosquito, uh, what will you do with them again? You, you're going, you're going to figure out where uh, they are. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you're interested, uh, uh, squish them, um, throw them in a, you know, fold them up in a piece of paper, throw them in an envelope. Um, make sure you have the uh, the address they were collected at or a cross street or latitude and longitude from, from Google maps um, and put, uh, put the, the, the date on there. You know, if you're interested in hearing back from us as to what species it was, throw your email in there too. And then right. uh, please mail it to us um, at the Ben know. Matthews lab at UBC zoology. Address 4200-6270, University Boulevard, Vancouver, BC, postal code V6T1Z4. And when, when might we see the results of your uh, of your citizen-led research here? What, what, what might that look like? And when might we see it? So it'll, it'll take a while. You know, it, it sort of depends how many specimens we get. <laughs> um, it'll, if, if there are a lot, it'll, it'll take a while to process them. But I would anticipate sometime in, in, in the new year for us to, to work our way through everything and then start making some maps out of it. 
Dan Peach, fascinating. Uh, Al, what just bit me is a fascinating name for any project. Um, thanks for filling us in. And uh, I look forward to hearing again, hearing about the progress of your, uh, of your mosquito research. Thanks so much for your time. Hey, thanks. It's my pleasure.